Warning. The following episode may contain rabbits, black market rabbit buying, Vice President Mike Pence, gay rabbit marriage, stink bug rants, voting without procedure, and rabbit hula hooping. Welcome to the Band Library Podcast. Welcome to the Banned Library Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about books that have been banned or challenged or sometimes movies, sometimes whatever I just feel like doing. I don't know. This week we're doing A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo, written by Marlon Bundo, a fucking rabbit. Explain that shit to me. And Jill Twist, illustrated by E.G. Keller. It's a delightful little book. Nothing about political satire is new. People have been finding the wittiest ways to speak to power from the beginning. From some dude rubbing poop on the best hunter's cave drawing, all the way to Jonathan Swift's modest proposal. If anybody tells you those two things aren't, don't have anything to do with each other, we'll just kick them in the nuts and rub poop on their favorite drawing. It's a form of satire. I'm calling that. Of course... Presidential pets, especially in America, targets like any other. There's been alligators, bears. Hell, multiple presidents have had raccoons in the Garden Wham White House. Somebody had a fucking hippo just out on the lawn. I want to say that was Teddy Roosevelt because he's the craziest son of a bitch we ever put in there. It was actually effective at doing things. I mean, he was also a, kind of a monster, but hey, at least he was entertaining. Anyway, with Trump, we've got no living creature for him to care for. No living creature cares for him. So satirists, of course, turn their eyes to Vice President Mike Pence and Pence's pet rabbit, Marlon Bundo. We're going to get to his story in a second. But if you add that, Mike Pence's horrible stance on gay marriage and all the other shit, we get the tale of a gay bunny fighting for his right to marry who he loves. And it's quite a nice read. It's got beautiful illustra- illustrations. The watercolors are just gorgeous. Fuck it. Let's get, let's get moving on this. I'm tired. So, of course, we're going to talk about the authors. We can't not talk about Marlon fucking Bundo. He was born sometime around 2012, 2013. Nobody's sure. I checked multiple sources. As a freshman at DePaul University, Charlotte Pence, Mike Pence's daughter, needed a rabbit for a film project. Uh, She searched all around the Chicagoland area, including Craigslist, and she found somebody. Man selling rabbit texted Charlotte to, quote, make him an offer, unquote. This made Charlotte's friend think of Marlon Brando saying the words, an offer you can't refuse. In The Godfather, which is, sure, 
Yeah, those two things are connected. And the animal was given the name Marlon Mundo. Pence later told the Chicago Tribune, quote, We drove out to the suburbs, my friends and I, and we picked him up. I think he was like $20. He was in the short film, and I just kept him after that. Unquote. That's pretty horrible. Just flippantly explaining how you went out and just bought a rabbit randomly. I didn't even know you could buy rabbits that easily. Did the guy even need an explanation? Like, make me an offer. I don't know, 20 bucks For the life of an animal? $20? That's as much as a rabbit actually costs? Shit, I bet if he'd known he was good a politician's daughter, he'd have been all over that shit. Especially now that the goddamn thing has a book deal. Anyway. He did go on to star in that film. Marlon Bondo has been on screen. He played, quote, a symbol of rebellion in the world of conformity, unquote, as a rabbit that keeps escaping his cage in the thinnest fucking metaphor since me talking about that poop on the drawing thing. Just dear God, I couldn't find, I did my research. I couldn't find any evidence on his acting style if he was more you know, Stanislavski or whatever, but, or if he got compensated, I assume he got fed. He's not dead yet, as far as I know. Or any reviews on the film or her grade or anything about it whatsoever. But for the next four years through college, Charlotte kept Marlon, kept him alive, kept him going. Maybe she kept him going too, or he kept her going too. Maybe they were simpatico. Maybe she just had a fucking rabbit and didn't know what else to do with it. So you just, you know, you can eat the fucking thing, I guess. I'm not saying you should. Just saying they're tasty. Am I a bad person? Of course. Should have known that. But he did assimilate into her friend group. And then all of a sudden, January 2017, she left college. It was time for Marlon to go on. He made history as the first rabbit ever to fly in Air Force Two. The vice president, anything he flies in an Air Force Two, just like the president, anything he flies in is Air Force One. Unless it's a helicopter, then it's Marine One or Marine Two. It's not too much. I know too much bullshit. He accompanied Charlotte from Indianapolis to Washington, D.C. Everybody loved his fucking ass. He's a rabbit. What else could he do? I mean, outside of pooping on something famous, he's really just a cute little rabbit. Four U.S. presidents have had rabbits as pets, but Marlon was the first with a social media account. That's a fact that makes my soul hurt. He was also featured on the White House's Flickr page, which I did not know Flickr was still a thing, but the White House apparently still throwing shit up there. 2017, three goddamn years ago. Flickr hadn't been a fucking thing since Yahoo was a thing. So your grandma probably, who still has her Yahoo mail account, still has a Flickr account. And if you still have a Flickr account, good. Good job. You stick with things. I do not. I move on. Google Photos. It's forever. Or iCloud. I probably still got some shit over on Apple when I had that one fucking phone. Anyway, 2018, Charlotte wrote with her mom, Karen Pence, an illustrated children's book based on Marlon, talking about how busy dad is and the vice president. We'll get back to that. 
as of this writing, Marlon Bunda is not dead yet that I could find. I don't know how long Rabbits lived, but he's got very little time left, probably, in the grand scheme of things. I mean, don't we all know? Anyway, Jill Twist was the human behind this book. She was born 1976 in Redmond, Oregon. She moved often during her father's work in the forestry service. She began a growing interest in theater while living in South Carolina, studying public policy and musica, music. And musica. Like she's a Final Fantasy villain. She studied music, graduated to musica, and then moved on to musicologa. She casted at level three and shit. Anyway, yeah, she studied all that shit at the College of William and Mary. She performed at the Black Hills Playhouse during the 1999-2000 seasons. She had been accepted to two different law schools, but continued acting. In 2001, a great year for moving to New York City. She did that. Did stand up and acting. And later interviewed for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. Became a staff writer there, or a writer. I'm not 100% sure what level she is and... It all confuses the shit out of me, but she gets paid to make up funny stuff. Well, last week tonight, she's won several Emmys, Writers Guild Awards, a Peabody. Like, it's it's pretty professional shit. She's doing a good job. And she also authored this book as a parody of Charlotte and Karen's book to mock the vice president's stance on same-sex marriage. They both, They made a nice little rabbit book. And so did she. I love this idea. She's also authored the books The Someone New and Everyone Gets a Say. According to her website, Jill writes sentences for the Scripps National Spelling Bee, which is awesome. I didn't even know you'd have to write the, you know, like use this word in a sentence. Like, oh, well, the cat jumped over the bird. The fuck is Jesus? Sorry, I just had a little flashback right there. Fucking B-I-R-D. I I could spell that shit, Miss Reynolds. I could do that now. Anyway. I didn't even know that was like a professional job you could do, or maybe she got compensated or like a high five, like, thanks for writing sentences for us. Oh, maybe that's a fast track. Maybe you can get on to like Webster's using that shit in a sentence. wonder who OED hires to do that. That'd be fascinating. It'd be great. I'll find that fucker one day. But uh, anyway, sorry. She's currently working on a play of the Women of Seneca Falls Convention. I don't know enough about that to make a comment. I'm sure it'd be great. And as of this writing, or speaking, or podcast release schedule, as far as I know, she's not dead yet. And I hope she lives a very long time. Longer than that goddamn rabbit. I know, right? I'm a dick. Illustrator, E.G. Keller. Don't know a ton about E.G. Keller. Did as much research as I usually do, which is the bare minimum. But... E.G. Keller is the paint name of Gerard Kelly, or Gerald, Gerald Kelly. And I say the paint name because it's like a nom de plume, but for painters. I didn't even know they had that. Like, like, oh shit, I'm, you know, I'll paint this for you, but I'm not fucking putting my name on it. Put somebody else's name on it. Just seems strange. Uh, he mainly does use watercolors. He's born in Texas, later lived in Florida. This is the amount of research I did. Texas and Florida. Uh, He has a degree in studio art with most of his illustration skills self-taught or, you know, hanging out with other artists being like, ooh, how do you work that brush the way you do? And see other guys like 
it's to the left. And I'm like, fuck yeah, to the left. I've been going right this whole time. You can tell I hang out with a lot of painters. Kelly is known for the series Bob the Cat, written by Jamie Jamie Bowen, and this Marlon Bunda story. He had his debut as a children's writer with Please Please the Bees, about a bear who suffers when bees go on strike. It sounds cute as shit. It was awarded the 2017 Francis and Wesley Bach Book Award for children's literature. So go him. As of this writing, he lives with his husband in Colorado and is not dead yet. We wish him a long and healthy life. Much longer than Jill and damn sure much longer than... Oh, that's not right. But you don't want to wish someone longer than someone else. I mean, the rabbit, yeah, sure. Marlin could pass off in any day now. But who would we go between E.G. Keller and Jill Twist? I mean, statistically, Jill's going to make it. I'm sorry, Mr. Kelly. This is just the way it works. I got nothing, man. I don't know. We'll see. I hope they both live very long and happy lives and are surrounded by loved ones when they finally do go. You know, not like screaming and crying like all those people who were trapped in the library. God, the smell. Speaking of the library... Book's been banned. The plot about the presidential rabbit entering into a same-sex marriage. Who could have predicted people would object to this? Not even a bunny marriage part. It's mostly about the same-sex part, which I think is just weird. They go, oh, we can, yeah, we can allow rabbits to marry, but just boy rabbits and girl rabbits. Fucking, I mean, it's the strangest people, but let's do this. Uh, People just really seem to hate it for the LGBTQI a plus content. Sorry, that many letters strung together that not spelling something scares me. But I mean, it's awesome. We're all here for it. But it just I, it slows me down when people when you read that in a sentence. LGBTQIA plus. Okay, we got this. Support love. Um, yeah, and apparently it's a political argument. Somehow, when you go after the president's bunny. So since the book was released in 2018, I only found about three or four challenges. Um, and they're kind of fun. 2020 saw various challenges and vandalism of the book for not including a content warning that it is, quote, designed to pollute the morals of his readers, unquote. Oklahoma, someone wrote in the book, quote, girl bunnies marry boy bunnies. That is the way it has always been because science, unquote. Let me go ahead and Give you a heads up. Oh, and no formal request was put in for that book to be gone. They just vandalized it and got moving with themselves for science. Let me go ahead and give you a heads up right now. Marriage has nothing to do with science. Whether or not you decide you like somebody enough to give them half their stuff when they decide they don't like you that much or not is not a scientific endeavor. It is purely emotional. It is purely financial. It is purely a dozen different things. I mean, I've heard that if you have a pet, you live longer. I haven't really heard all that about a spouse. Usually, spouse dies, you die like a couple days later because you entered into some kind of codependent bond, which is fine. People make it that way their whole lives. But I just love because science. Girl bunnies marry boy bunnies because science. No, girl bunnies fuck boy bunnies because science, because that's generally just how the 
all species propagate because that's sort of like the drive. But who's to say some boy bunny or some girl bunny isn't born different besides just to fuck girl bunnies? Is he telling anybody? Hell no. She's going and getting her some. Or he's going and getting him some. They're not writing out contracts. I think this is why bunnies are probably more smarter than we are. Plus, they live shorter time. Of course, they're not going to drop contracts. they got to go to law school and everything for that shit. They don't have the time. Hell, just because one Chicago area fucking bulls love it and fucking rabbit got it fucked its way into the... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, nah, I can't say she fucked that rabbit. She definitely bought it. Fucking bought it and sold it off to her dad to become some kind of book crazy nonsense. Anyway, I'm I'm getting off topic. <laughs> it's just stupid someone would actually take the time to write that as much as I would take the time to actually talk about it. 2019, a year ago, Terrell, Texas. Reading a book from public library, this grandma, she stopped. Turns out, spoiler alert, due to her religion, a form of biblical Christianity, she objected to two male bunnies getting married. Fucking assholes. She believed the book encouraged her granddaughter to accept same-sex marriage when the Bible called it sinful. No, it doesn't. It says something about laying with men but it also says a bunch of shit about not wearing, you know, polyester with cloth fibers and stuff and don't eat, you know, pork. So pick your Bible or pick your poison, you know what I'm saying? But this shit got so far, grandma wasn't having it. She had a public presentation to the library advisory board and the board said, fuck it, we're going to keep it. They cited the library bill of rights and the freedom to read statement if you're a library nerd like me. My favorite story out of all this comes from Iowa, which I never thought I would ever say about anything. I've been to Iowa once. That was enough. I'm sure there are pretty places and things to see in Iowa. If you're listening to this, Iowa, I hope for you. But not for the members of the community in Orange City when they objected to this Marlon Bundo book. They said, quote, it indoctrinated children and pushed the agenda. Sorry, let me go back because this is this is important. They said it, quote, indoctrinated children and pushed an agenda the community did not agree with. Unquote. The very next fucking sentence that I read. Others in the community disagreed. (laughs) That is my favorite thing on all of this is when somebody stands up and says, this community is all about not having sex and talking about sex and saying the word fuck and people getting shot in the face and bad things for happening. And we don't want this book in our community because that's not our community. And everybody's like, but we want HBO. We, they can keep their bunny fucking book. <laughs> it's not even a bunny fucking book. This is a bunny love book. It's about Two bunnies finding each other in this harsh world. And God damn it, and if I don't say this now, or if I don't say this later, I might forget it. So I'm going to say it now. This world is cold. It is dark. It is terrifying. If it is not for you, you are privileged and blessed. 
and I am privileged and blessed in a thousand different ways. But for all of us, we're going to die. Every damn one of us. Your time will end. That is a big thing that you all have to grasp. So the next thing you should grasp is another human being. If you find somebody who, for all that is despicable about your black little heart, they like you. They want to have you around. Hold on to them for as long as you can. Maybe it's a night. Maybe it's a year. Maybe it's a decade. Maybe they're a horrible person, and in a couple of years you'll find out every dirty secret, and it'll blow things apart, and you'll end up somewhere completely different than you thought. You still had those dark nights where you held each other. And I don't know shit about love. I'm not good at it. But I am saying, if you can find somebody, then I don't care what they look like, what their orientation is, what their genitals are, if you can find somebody that in the middle of the night comforts you, God damn it, you should be able to have them in your life for as long as they'll stay. And I don't think any law of the land should stop that. So yeah, they should. everyone should have the same rights as everyone else to marry that one person or to be with that one person without derision that in the middle of the night is there. The ones that stick around. That matters. It matters for a thousand different reasons. But if if only it should matter for one reason, it's that. Warmth and comfort. It's important. Should be, goddammit. And anybody who says warmth and comfort on a cold night aren't part of my community, others in the community should disagree. And I will always be another in that community, God damn it! I just love that, though. This isn't our community. <laughs> You're not our community, asshole. I just love that idea. Uh, the board decided in Orance. O-R-A-N-C. Orance? Feels weird in my mouth. They decided to retain the title. Uh, Yeah, apparently they didn't allow public testimony, so some people were mad about that. Fuck them. That's what I say. Fuck them. Okay. So all that being said, let's get into the plot of this book. Let's get it going. The cover, watercolor, of course. Cute little bunny. He's got white fur, dark rings around his eyes, dark stripes down his back, dark tips on his ears. Colorful little checked bow tie. I don't fucking think the real one wears, but maybe he does. I don't know. Now, in this distance, over the nice lawn is sort of a Victorian house with matching paint, a dark roof. It looks very lovely, this whole thing. Inside, if you open up the book, there's alternating bow ties, same as the rabbit on the cover is wearing, as well as some wireframe glasses in blue. This is a subtle foreshadowing. If you don't know what that is, ask your parents. Pattern continues on the back and the last pages of the cover. Just a, there's a word for that, but I don't know what the fuck it is. So we're going to just call it the the front bit, bit of the book. You know, basically so the cover can wrap around it and be tied to it or some shit. Title page, Field of Flowers. 
I don't know what kind of flowers. I don't know flowers, but there's some white ones, some long purple ones, yellows, orange spots of one kind, uh, single flowers right on the right. It's purple. It's got some red dots and what look like some bugs and shit on it. And then their text. Turn that goddamn page. The bunny on the cover introduced himself. This is Marlon Bundo. He waves at us. Wave back to Marlon. Hey, Marlon. He explains he lives with his grandpa, Vice President Mike Pence, and grandma and mom in a stuffy old house on the grounds of the U.S. Naval Observatory. Which I have a question. Why does Charlotte Pence live with her grandparents? And I haven't looked into this enough to really make any jokes about it. I hope no one's dead. I hope no one's passed. But it just feels weird. Are they the only three people and a rabbit in this house? It's very strange. Anyway, we see a headless group of individuals holding Marlin under his front paws. He does not look happy. He slumps forward a little bit. Like you would if somebody held you under the armpits. It's kind of a fucked up look. Marlin says, Pence... President Pence is no fun. We don't talk about the women anymore. They're out of this. But Marlon's fun, goddammit. So the story's about him and his very special day. He's out in front of the house. He's got a hula hoop. Contented look on his face. He's partying down. It's very weird. Sorry, but... Bunnies can marry whoever the fuck they want, but stay the fuck away from hula hoops. Looks dangerous. Looks scary. I don't like it. But we see Marlon waking up in bed alone, stretching. He's wearing red check pajamas or some other pattern. I don't know fucking patterns either. The clock on his nightstand by his bed is displayed 7.30 a.m. Lights shining on his bow tie. Looking nonplussed and alone, he eats a bowl of carrots and some green shit. Still alone, he watches Bunderson Cooper on BNN for the news and motherfucker. This is just too goddamn cute. Tells us the story. This old stuffy house, it's lonely. And I'm kind of wondering, A, who makes all these bunny clothes? B, who made the little, like, nightstand and the little clock next to it? And who taught it? Marlon Bundo how to use it? These don't seem like things that, I mean, my dad had rabbits. They, they weren't doing this kind of shit. They mostly just sat in their hutch, had sex, and ate shit. This is an impressive rabbit is what I'm saying. And is Bunderson Cooper on BNN. It's, I hate fucking puns, but that's just cute as shit. So Marlon says, fuck this noise. He goes down to the, bar, uh, the garden, says hi to Phil and Dennis. These are the bugs that were on the flower at the beginning that I said. We never really find out who, which one is Phil and which one is Dennis. And if we do, it's because I was told and I wasn't paying attention and I don't remember. But the bugs are a brown grasshopper and a green caterpillar. Same bugs from the title page, like I said. I don't know which is which. Don't care. Phil and Dennis can live their lives. Because Marlon then spots a beautiful bunny. Quote, With the floppiest ears and the bushiest bushy tail. Floppiest floppy ears and the bushiest bushy tail. God I'm trying to emote the horniness that it, that is Marlon Bundo at this moment, but I just don't have it. But just think of it. You see this bunny? There's a bright yellow light behind his glorious brown fur. His fleur. 
you know, that part of the rabbit that's the fur. It's right next to the fur. Black glasses perch on his nose. And Marlin's heart starts a hopping. Because he's a fuck, he's a rabbit. And that's... Marlin approaches, introducing himself and his familial nickname, Botus. Bunny of the United States. You know, kind of like President of the United States, Botus. But Botus with a B. The brown bunny says his name is Wesley. No nickname, just like the fucking pirate. The Dread Pirate Roberts, Wesley. They look eye to eye, gentle heart. Bubbles float between them, and holy shit, we are, things are on. Two begin hopping around the garden. They hop over the carrots. They haven't even grown yet. Crazy bastards. They hop over Phil and Dennis, just wreck their shit, because apparently Phil and Dennis, the grasshopper and the caterpillar, were playing checkers. But they couldn't handle those, those rabbits hopping over them, just fucked up their board. Fucked up their game. Probably going to take them forever to clean that shit. I don't know. Maybe the grasshopper's fine with it. Maybe the caterpillar's okay. He's like, shit, it's different. Maybe they're just happy for the friends. I don't know. Grass and petals fly as we get the image of their bunny butts racing Wesley in the lead because maybe Marlon wants to hang back, get himself an eyeful. The two go from the garden into the house. They see them hopping down the stairs. Marlin is in the lead now. Guess who's checking out who? Marlin tells us they make beautiful, quote, beautiful, creaky music together. Because the stairs are creaky. So when they hop, it's creak, 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 creak. Much like you're probably hearing from this old-ass chair I'm sitting in. Then they go to the kitchen. Marlin's coy, telling us they made... They left bunny prints. But what we see is a chef yelling and there's a cake with bunny prints all over it and there's just shit everywhere and like white frosting prints are just stapled on everything. And you know there's another part of this movie that is straight up, or the part of this children's book that is straight up, um, oh shit. Well, I mean, McGregor is coming to mind, but Little Mermaid, that fucking chef that wants to kill Sebastian, you know there's another book in this where that chef is going to fucking kill Marlon or Wesley. Jesus, I just got dark. Anyway, they're having fun at this point. Fucking in a cake. Marlon and Wesley, they go under the table where three people are sitting. Marlon tells us it's a very boring meeting with a very boring people. One of them in the nameplate is the vice president. One with has red socks and one guy's crossing his ankles and has a computer yeah, I like that the one crossing his ankles and that has a computer, he seems to be on it and the rest of them are not. I don't know if there's a subtle nod there, but whatever. Because at the end of the day, Wesley and Marlin are sitting in front of a raging fireplace. They lay prone, staring into each other's eyes. Wesley's taking off his glasses at this point. Marlin says, It was the best hop. He's ever had. And the house is not so lonely. Marlon professes his dire to never hop without Wesley again. Wesley says, Samesies. And they walk on their back feet, paw and paw, just like rabbits normally do. They decide to get married, hop together forever. 
part of me wants to say, Marlon, whoa. You know? It's been a day. Sure, you fucked in some cake. You bust, busted up into a vice president meeting. We've all been there. We've all done these things. We've all said you're going to spend the rest of your life together after one day. I'm just saying maybe give it a little bit of time. Of course, we did talk earlier about maybe his lifespan is not as long as most of us. Therefore, carpe diem, motherfucker. You know, grab that shit. Do what you gotta do. I'm just saying, maybe maybe two days. Just saying, just two days. Before you do lifelong paper signing shit. Just saying, you can, you can take a day. Of course, he's, he's had an interesting life. I mean, shit. Grew up on the south side of Chicago. Who knew what his life could have been? His brothers and sisters who, shit, they're probably dead. Marlon's living high. Life is strange. Anyway, the two go out to the garden. They talk to all the other animals. There's Phil and Dennis are there, of course. Dill Prickle, the hedgehog, which is cute as shit. Pumpernickel, the badger, which doesn't make any sense to me. Scooter, the turtle. Again, another cute one. Mr. Paws. He's a weenie dog. Dog seems to be the only animal with a collar and is a very good dog. We are learning the text. We don't know shit about Phil and Dennis other than I guess they're still cool about the whole wrecking their board thing. The hedgehog, not a good hedgehog, just a hedgehog. Badger, not a good badger, just a badger. Scooter the turtle, just a regular asshole turtle. Doesn't have anything else. It just felt weird that the dog has a collar. Just saying. But all the other animals, completely okay with it. They shout hooray. The friends are excited. Quote, because that is what friends say. Unquote. And that's honestly one of my favorite lines in this whole thing. Because that is what friends say. Because friends are happy for you when things happen. Anybody in your life that is not happy for you when things happen, is not your friend. You're just an asshole. Or maybe they're going through some deep, dark shit themselves. and Well, otherwise, that's not really your problem when you're having happy shit. Because that's what friends say. Hooray. Yay. Good job. Counterpoint comes along as the stink bug. Standing on a stink bug podium. For some reason, the stink bug has a podium. The sky becomes a hellish orange. There's fiery embers falling around a scary voice. Stinkbug says, they can't get married. Everybody's like, what the fuck? Marlon makes his little side and says, that's a stinkbug. He's, quote, in charge. And, quote, important. All these capital letters. But nobody knows why or who said so. And he's stinky. And he makes rules for the other animals. And look, I'm not going to put down whether stinkbugs by nature are good or evil. It's not for me to decide. This one's an asshole. He says boy bunnies should marry girl bunnies, not boy bunnies. And Marlon and Wesley are like, well, we love each other. They look at the podium. There's terror looking up that podium. Terror in their faces. The stink bug. Again, I didn't mention that he has a tie. He's got papers. He says, quote, this is the way this has always been. Different is bad. 
all quotes. Anybody who ever says, this is the way it's always been and different is bad, automatically a bad person. There's always new ways to do things. Just saying. The animals all get together. Pumpernickel the badger says, he's different because, I mean, he eats the sandwich crust first. Weird, but okay. I mean, don't we all eat our, oh, he eats the sandwich crust first. Like he eats around the edges or he just like cuts it off and then eats it. Then eats the actual, it's weird, but it's cool. Dill Prickle the Hedgehog, he says he's different because he reads the end of books. Guess what, Dill? Dill Prickle? Hedgehog bud? Me and you. Yeah, I'd do it too. I'm not really a spoiler alert person. You can't spoil things for me. I've read too many goddamn books. I've seen too many goddamn movies. I know how books and movies are supposed to, you know, end. Guess what? I can usually guess most of that shit. And if I can't then you fucked up somehow. <laughs> so yeah, me and Dale Prickle, good friends. Mr. Paws, he says he sniffs butts and doesn't know why looking at his own butt. And some people are into that, not me, but some people are. Good on you, Mr. Paws. Do what you gotta do. Phil and Dennis, keep their fucking mouth shut because they're probably into some weird shit. Scoo the turtle with blue and red jewels on his shelves. Shell says, different is not bad, it's special. Mr. Paws, with his butt-sniffing face, says, Hey, well, we can vote on who's in charge around here. And raises his paw and proves that he's the smartest goddamn animal, even though he's the only one in a collar. That's all I'm saying. And all the animals vote. Pumpernickel, who has cuffs on his hands, now that I'm noticing all this stuff, writes with a red pen. Dill Prickle seems to have a hard time voting. His tongue stuck out in concentration. Maybe he don't read so good. That's okay. We love him. The ballots read, The Stink Bug and Not the Stink Bug. (laughs) Maybe we need to teach them about parliamentary procedure and how votes are supposed to... Whatever. Scooter displays the results on a chalkboard. Why a... You know what? Fuck it. It's a writing, English-speaking fucking turtle. That's the way it is. In eight to one, the animals have voted. The stink bug's not in charge. My favorite part about this, though, they don't say who is. No one's in charge. All these assholes. Everybody says hooray, because that's what friends say. And the stink bug, he tries to say no. Does this sound familiar? And when he starts saying, boy bunnies can only marry, the other animals shut him down, saying he's not in charge. Marlon Wesley, they raise their fists. They're so fucking angry. The stink bug is blown up and it's upside down by the force of their shouting. Fuck you. No more stink bug. The two of them skip together, you know, some time. Probably the end of the day. The otters... Two otters come along. Haven't met any otters. They didn't get a vote. Their name are Muffy and Muffins and Cubby. I guess they're the groom's otters. They're wearing white tuxedos. There's a flower mouse named Hiccup, which is the cutest fucking name for a... She's in a little yellow dress, and her name is fucking Hiccup. So goddamn cute. There's Dill Prickle. He's wearing a plaid yellow and green jacket. Dill's my man. And we learn he's good at the hokey pokey. 
because that's what it's all about, Dill. Me and you forever. It's a cat named Pajama. Dresses up like a priest, gets a white robe, purple sash. She presides over the ceremony with her wife in the back. Fuck yeah. Nearby purple dress. Pajama's wife. Pajama's wife doesn't get a name. She's just Pajama's wife. But whatever. Cute little gay couple. Priests. Whatever. There's apparently religion in this. That's whatever. We're not going down that road. Marlon Wesley. They wear black tuxes. Marlon has his colorful bow tie on because it's cute as fuck. They drink. They eat. They dance. And they go home together. Marlon carries Wesley over the threshold. As they both watch Wolf Blitzer on BNN. He's a factual fucking wolf. Wesley tells Marlon that they have to get to sleep before going on their bunny moon. Where are they going on their bunny moon? Who fucking knows? Are they going to have security? Like, like, where's the secret service in all this? I'm just saying. It just seems wrong. And the message of the story comes in. Quote, It doesn't Twitter if you love a girl bunny or a boy bunny. Or eat your sandwich backward or forward. Stink bugs are temporary. Love is forever. Unquote. We close with Marlon and Wesley asleep in bed. They each dream the same dream. That they walk with a child bunny between them. Swinging the child. The dream is in a balloon of love. Big ass heart. And the book is dedicated, quote, to every bunny who has ever felt different. I love this fucking book. I know I editorialized and joked a lot and whatever, but this is a fucking great book. It makes me feel shit deep in my heart. It's good. Once again, if you find somebody, anybody, who comforts you and makes you feel warm on cold, dark nights, you hang on to them. At least as long as it's as long as that's good for both of you. As long as you can. But if they say no, you fuck off. <laughs> stay with people who stay. And that's it for this week. Um I've been trying to get up everything more on Patreon. Patreon.com slash band library if you wanna have all of our back episodes. It's like three hundred and something. It goes on forever, especially with shit that I forgot about or haven't thought about releasing in years. All that stuff should be on there. And if not, well, you'll never know because it probably got lost in a hard drive somewhere a couple of states ago. So who knows? Um, yeah. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, all that crap. You know, if you're listening to this, you know, you're good people. That's all I have for this week. Hopefully I'll get these out faster than faster, but right now I'm just doing what I can when I can. Thank you for listening. Stay in. Read a book. Music, Dances and Dames, by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.